Welcome to Faithbrook Church. My name is Mike Delgallo. I serve as a Connections Pastor here on staff. Two weeks ago, my family and I left the negative five degree weather here and we traveled out west to my former hometown of Southern California to 85 degree weather. So over the course of just a few hour plane ride, we experienced a 90 degree change in weather, which was pretty crazy. But I will say it was quite fantastic to be able to escape the cold and have some nice uh, weather out there. Now, it did uh, simmer down a little bit to about the 70s, and it was such a good time for us to connect with some old friends and also eat some very yummy Mexican food and also have a good time reconnecting and recharging our batteries. But we're back now, and it's cold still here, and there's still snow on the ground, but nevertheless, we are so glad to be back, and it's so good that we can worship together here on site and even with our brothers and sisters online as well. Well, if you are a guest with us, I especially want to welcome you, and I want to thank you for taking time out of your weekend to join in with us. In fact, for those of you who are on site, I want to encourage you to reach into the seat back in front of you and grab a blue connection card. If you would just be willing to fill out your basic information, and at the end of the service, you can drop it off into one of the giving boxes as you leave. And for those of you who are online, or maybe you're watching later on demand, you can go to faithbrook.church forward slash guest and you can fill out a connection card digitally as well. Now, whether you're filling out a physical or a digital connect card, two things are going to happen. The first is for every single connection card that we receive, we donate $5 to Cross Ministries. And this is just a small way to help make a difference in our neighborhood, to help uh, feed people who are starving and have um, just food needs in our community. It's just a small way that we can help support a ministry in our backyard. And the second thing that happens is that I would personally love to follow up with you and thank you for taking time to be with us this weekend. So I look forward to connecting with you and making the donation. Well, the vision here of Faithbrook is to be a church who lead people into new and thriving life in Christ. And one of the things that we do around here to help have people have a thriving life in Christ is right here is our Sunday services. And we believe that even the series that we do from uh, month to month, the different series that we have, have a huge impact on our spiritual life to help us grow in our faith spiritually and in our relationship with God. Well, I know for myself as a young parent, I definitely have all the answers. I have a 10 month old. In fact, she turned 10 months today. So obviously, I know all the answers to parenting. So if you have any questions, you can ask me. I can answer those for you. But there are those sometimes where maybe I need a little help and I, I may not know exactly what to do. Well, we have an awesome parenting series starting up next weekend called Parenting in the 21st Century. So I want to just take a moment to invite you to come back and be sure to check this out because this is going to be a great series, not only for parents, but maybe for some of you, even if you have grandkids, or even if you have nieces and nephews, or you interact with kids in your life, this is a great series on how we can help come alongside either parents or even the kids in our life and help them to grow up in a godly way. So this is a great series to come check out. So be sure not to miss it. Also, as you leave today, be sure to grab one of the, uh, one or a couple invite uh, cards, because this is a, a great series. You might want to invite someone to come check out as well. You definitely will not want to miss out on it. Well, in just a few moments, we're going to hear a message from our lead pastor, Jim Comfort, as we wrap up our current series, Your Move. But until then, let's go ahead and check out this video. All right. That looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Hope to see you next week and invite someone as we learn some of the principles that God wants us to raise some crazy good kids. Amen. Well, 
Hey, uh, what do you do for a living? What is your occupation? Would you say you're kind of an expert in your, your field? Maybe you handle IT things or insurance or you're in the education field, maybe the medical field. I, I don't know, but a lot of times we just kind of become connoisseurs of the fields or the people that we, that we uh, work with. Well, I'm kind of in the people business or the ministry, and I've been doing this uh, many years, and I figured out that I've met a lot of different people. In fact, I kind of see myself as a connoisseur of people. I, I get a kick at different personalities, different backgrounds. Uh, you never know who's coming in the church, and, and it's just been a, a joy. But through those years, I've noticed that there's some kind of different people, uh, maybe strange people. You don't really just notice them on the surface, but if you have a, dis- a conversation with them, I just know that they're just kind of unique. Some people might even see that they're kind of weird, the way they think, the way they operate. They're just kind of different. Now, we're going to discover who those are in just a little bit, but I want to welcome you again uh, to Faithbrook on this beautiful Sunday morning. We are getting out of the deep freeze, hallelujah, uh, the, the winter. Hopefully spring is around the corner. If you're viewing us online, uh, we appreciate you worshiping with us wherever you are at. Well, we come to the conclusion of this February series called Your Move. Uh, we've been discovering that we are on a journey spiritually and uh, in a journey of generosity to just be a, a, a fulfilled uh, Christ follower and a very generous person. Now, I know everyone gets a little bit nervous when the, the minister guy is talking about generosity or money, but I would just want to guarantee you that this, this series is really not about raising money, but it's about raising our faith. It's about raising our understanding. It's about raising our maturity in our Christian life. Hopefully, you discovered that money is one of the trickiest, most delicate personal things that we have to deal with every day. I don't know about you, but there's always financial decisions, right? Uh, I don't know, between insurance and spending and inflation. And, and it's very personal. It's very, it's very uh, complex issue also. How do we deal with that? And hopefully through this series, we, we learned that there's a lot of information in the Bible to help guide us to be financially whole, to be financially secure. We learned that the more you know, a lot of times the more that you grow. What are these principles? What are these uh, wise uh, um, techniques or tools that we can adapt in our life? But all of it's leading to can we be generous people? Now, the first week we, we talked about this case study in 2 Corinthians where the Apostle Paul is writing to this Corinth church. They're grappling with this, this thing about generosity. Uh, there, there's a call for an offering right? And he knows that they're scared, just like a lot of people. We're not sure if we can afford it. Uh, you know, there might be the Roman attacks going on, inflation, who knows? And so in chapter 8 of Second Corinthians chapter 9, he's really uh, bearing down on this whole uh, journey, this whole issue of generosity. Can we trust God? Can we go forward? Now, a lot of times people were like, well, what should I give? Uh, what does that look like? Well, Paul gave the Corinthian people and us kind of a formula about giving and generosity. And he says the first thing, we, it starts from the heart. God wants us to be cheerful givers, not begrudging, not hateful givers, but a joy. And it's totally 
by your free will. It's voluntary. It comes from the heart. Now, he also says you got to calculate your means, right? Some people have more means. Some people have, have less. So you got to look at where you're at with your means, but ultimately it has to do with acceptability. Make it acceptable to God. This word acceptable means pleasing to God. That, that God was like, oh, okay, I, I, that really comes from the heart. I could tell. Thank you very much. It, it's pleasing to God. Now, to, to help us to, to be more generous, we got to learn how to manage our money better. And in the Bible, it talks about wisdom. And, and we looked at moving from wishing, wishing we're out of debt, wishing we didn't spend so much, wishing we could manage it better, to wisdom. What are those wise principles in the Bible that Jesus speaks about, other people speak about, Solomon in Proverbs speaks about, that we can go forward when it comes to our financial um, uh, success, uh, even to uh, being more generous. And one of the big principles that we discovered, it's a big aha moment if we receive it, is that God owns it all. Uh, God is the one who provides for us. I know that we're like, well, I'm the one that goes to work. I'm the one that's got the, the brain width to do this or the talent. But God has given you that uh, health, that energy, that intelligence, that working uh, work ethic to get up and make some income. And if you have some goods, if you have a house, if you got some cash in the bank, if, if you got some... Uh, resources around you, it's because God has given. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from heaven above. It's of God. Now, if that is true, then he counts on us to be good managers of it. He, we use the word stewards. He wants us to leverage it and to review it and to uh, be generous with it and to go forward. And then last week, we, we talked about this underlying question because we want to be generous. We, we like to be generous, but a lot of times we are worried that we won't have enough. Does God understand that we could go broke? Is God going to help us uh, um, uh, have enough money at the end of the month, right, or pay off our debt, etc.? And so we're really grappling with this question right here. Can we trust God? Does God care? Is, is God going to help us? And then God's also asking back, well, can he trust you? Because we, we learned about the principle of the pipe. That, that Jesus talked about what, what you sow out, what you give is going to be measured to you coming into your life. And a lot of times we're, we're scared to give out. And then a lot of times this is, this is restricted a lot of times because we're not trusting God to meet all our needs. And so we're hesitant to be generous. But God says, man, I will supply all your needs. You can count on me and go forward. Well, <clears throat> through this time, God is inviting us to, to trust him, to move up, if you will, or make your move when it comes to generosity and just your dedication to Christ. And all of us are on this journey. Some are just beginning with our, our spiritual life with Christ. Some are maybe veterans. So some are just starting their careers and don't have much money. Some maybe are, are even retired. We're all somewhere on this spiritual and, and generosity spectrum going forward. Now, these, these strange people that I was telling you about that I met through my, my years of, of ministry, uh, I call these people kingdom-minded people. This is what I discovered, that, that they think differently, they operate differently. You can't really kind of tell it on the outside, but if you have conversations with them, they just have a different way of, of looking at life, and they want to be generous. And many of them, I discovered, are kind of successful, even financially. 
they get promotions, they get uh, some wealth. And, and I'm like, well, that's, that's kind of like what the Bible talks about, is it, that, that you are, are generous and God can trust you, then God's going to supply your needs and even bless you in parts. And, and, but, but it's not all about them. Their life is not about how much I can make and how much we can uh, consume and build up. They, they just kind of care about other people. And, and, and then they, and they give generously amount of money. And they also, hey, how can I help? And, and where can I serve? And I've been on like mission trips. And here's these lay business people. They're down here there to help. And what are you doing down here? Well, we're just giving our time. We, we got the resources. And so we're going to be down here for two months just to help some of the teams. I'm like, well, well, couldn't you be on the beach someplace just dealing with, you know, Disney World or whatever for two months? And here you're, you kind of want to sweat and help. And, and what, what's that all about? You're, you're weird. You're, you're, you're strange. They're, they're always kind of looking for projects of, of helping God's kingdom to be advanced. And I'm like, wow, this is not like the rest of the world. And if you get to know them, and maybe even experience this yourself, you discover something, and that is that the best life is a generous life. The best life is a generous life. Now, this is hard to comprehend a lot of times because human nature is to say, man, play it safe, take care of yourself. The whole world is like, man, it's all about you and your family. You, you need to enjoy all the pleasure, so make all you can, spend all you can, right? And, and, and to give it away, to be, no, let, let's see who we can help over there. It's just odd, weird, strange. Uh, most people are like, well, I don't care about the kingdom of God. I, I don't care what God's doing, and, and it's all about me and fun and what we can do to just to really experience life to, to, to the greatest. But kingdom-minded people, they kind of know that the best life is a generous life. And I think this is what the Apostle Paul is trying to convey to these Corinth Christians 2,000 years ago in chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians. Uh, they're wondering, hey, is, is it worth being generous? Should we give this offering? Can we avoid this offering? And, and so he comes to this portion in 2 Corinthians that he's going to give a couple of themes of what kingdom-minded people know. Let's take a look at verse 12. The first one. He says, the service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but also, over, also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. This, 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 this service, this giving is, is supplying people's needs, the, the Lord's people's needs. And man, there's a whole bunch of rejoicing. They're, they're so joyful. You've kind of bailed them out. You're, you're helping them. And kingdom-minded people know that generosity has impact. They want their life to have an impact, and they know giving is part of this impact, that there are some physical needs, whether it be food or, or, or shelter or, or just help here and there. And before you know, people are so grateful. See, kingdom-minded people uh, love people. They know people matter because it matters to God. God so loved humanity. God so loved that he died on the cross that people would wake up, people would be blessed, people would be helped because people matter to God. And so he's asking and, and hoping that we would see the value in that, but kingdom-minded people see that. And they give. Some can give more. Some just give a, a little bit. And that counts with God, even Jesus brought this up in Matthew. He says, whenever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. What you did 
for the least. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just a, a cup of cold water. Maybe, maybe it's a $20 bill or, or, or something. Even the little things, God's like that, that, that adds up because it impacts even in small ways to big ways. Um, sometimes it's just finding some cash to bless some people and bless God's kingdom. I, uh, a good um, memory of mine was back down in Honduras and we ran into this young mom, this little baby, this is La Flora, Honduras. Our, our church wanted to be generous. God's been generous to us. So about 20 of us went down to this very poor area of, of Honduras. We helped build this church. It took a lot of money to do that. And then we went and invite the people. And so the missionary guy was like, well, uh, one of the things we could do is just bless the neighborhood. They don't have a lot of uh, goods. And while we're uh, blessing them uh, by passing out some food, uh, we can invite them to the church. So it wasn't in our budget to buy a whole bunch of food so we could go canvas the neighborhood. But someone who was kingdom-minded in our group said, I will underwrite these bags of groceries. We wanted to give away about 50 bags of groceries, beans, rice, sugar, this kind of stuff. So out of his generosity, he just said to the missionary, let's go. Let's go to the the grocery store or whatever. And he brought back a whole pickup truck of of all this food. And we put it in these bags and stuff. And then we we went knocking on doors and said, hey, we're we're from the church. And here's some food. And these people are very um, thankful. and, And why don't you come to church this Sunday? Well, coming back. Here's this young lady, and she's kind of all by herself with this little precious little baby. And we stopped and introduced ourselves, and uh, with our interpreter, and come to find out, um, she was all alone and very fragile. Her her husband, I don't know if the husband or not, left her, and she just had all this little baby, and she was dirt poor. She was, and so would you like to have this bag of groceries? And so as our people were giving this grocery, I kind of stepped back and I, I took this picture, and with this picture doesn't show. Later, she, she starts crying. There's tears that starts coming out of her eyes because she was desperate. And that bag of groceries was going to get her through the maybe hopefully the next month with this little bag, uh, this little baby within her, with her. My friends, that's what kingdom-minded people know. Uh, that, that people are going to rejoice. There's going to be some impact. And so they look for needs. They, they want to leverage what God has given to them to, to help them, not only just physically with groceries or clothes or, or needs, but also eternally. They understand that, that life is bigger than just the life we live here, that we're going to live forever and ever somewhere spiritually, uh, either in damnation or in the life of Christ in heaven forever. And they want to see people in heaven uh, that's why a lot of generous people give to this church because they know the best shot for people to go to heaven is to have a, a vibrant, healthy, alive church that, that's not broken down and janky and poor. But, but when they invite their friends or their neighbors or their family members, man, this thing is some quality. It's, it's nice around here. It's comfortable. And hopefully they'll have a, a God experience. They'll have a good time and they'll come back and they're like, I want more of God. And they'll eventually say yes to Jesus. Jesus, and, 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 and they will be in heaven with them. And this is all spurred out of a notion of love. So God so loved the world that he gave. And, and kingdom-minded people see this too. I appreciate what John Maxwell says. says, giving accomplishes great things when it's done in love. Man, I mean, I mean we can be generous, but we don't have to love. But, but I would submit to you that if we start falling in love with Jesus pretty soon, he's going to ask us, man, if you really love me, you, you somehow it's got to be manifested, not just with your time and your talents, but also with your treasures. And kingdom-minded people, 
that generosity has an impact, especially when it comes to eternity. There was a very popular song that went through the church several years ago that, that people would sing uh, um, dealing with the impact of generosity. And uh, it, the song kind of set it up where this man uh, passes away and he's walking around in heaven and his man's really nice, streets of gold and, and you know, sea of glass and angels singing. And all of a sudden it tells a story of this, this stranger guy running up to this person, smiling, hey, hey, hey. And uh, he says, I, I don't know who you are. But the, the young man says, well, I know who you are. Well, how do you know me now in heaven? He says, do you remember back on earth, there was a missionary that came to your church and he was asking for some funds to help support him to go to my country, a bunch of strangers, and, and you were willing to give. You didn't have much, but you gave anyway. And Jesus took your gift and multiplied it. And I'm here today because you gave. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I was the light that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I'm so glad that you gave. See, kingdom-minded people understand that in 5,000 years in heaven, there might be people we run into and say, you know, I'm the guy over in Africa. I'm the guy over in Asia. I'm the guy in South America. You never know me, but you supported missionaries. And that missionary came to my village. They spoke my language, and I received Christ. And now I'm enjoying heaven like you are. Thank you, thank you, thank you, because kingdom-minded people realize it's about impact, people's hearts, people's eternity, and they're willing to be generous. Paul is trying to convey this. He's trying to encourage and exhort these these Christians to to see the, the value here. He continues on and kind of presses them in verse 13. Because of the service by which you have proved yourself, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. And through your generosity and sharing with them and with everyone else. Now you notice he says, because of your service by which you proved yourself. He, he's realizing that the kingdom-minded people know that generosity and faith are connected. Faith and generosity are connected. A lot of people have faith, they believe, they believe in Jesus, they love Jesus, but when it comes to giving, that's a whole nother story. And a lot of times we compartmentalize. We say, here's my spirit, here's my finances, this is mine, and I'll do this. Uh, but there's a connection. That's why Jesus uh, spoke specifically, says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be, Okay. Oh, what's really important to you, you can usually find it in your, your checking account and your calendar. That really tells us where our heart is. And, and Jesus speaks about that. And he wants us to, to grow spiritually, that it becomes a priority in our life because it exemplifies who he is. I, I think Gordon, uh, Gordon McDonald said it well. When we give generously, we are most like God because God gave so generously. It's a heart of God. How can I serve? How can I help? How can I give? Now, in this spiritual growth and pilgrimage, it's always that question, God, can I trust you? Are you going to be there? And kingdom-minded people have found that God has their back, that, that, that God will supply their needs. Before they know it, they've learned to depend on God. They've known to pray to God. They've learned to discipline in the, in the name of Christ and be content. A lot of 
kingdom-minded people, it's like my worth is not how much money I have or what my salary is or, or what I'm wearing. My worth is in Jesus Christ who died for me. And before you know it, see, generous people, kingdom-minded people can be secure. They're, they're free because they're like, man, God so loved me. I'm okay. And I don't need all this. I don't need to keep up with everything. And I can, I can give some of this away. Kingdom-minded people believe in the principle of the pipe. As much as they can manage and steward, right, they're going to see if they can be generous as much as they can and sow the seed for the harvest of eternal impact. And they receive blessings and resources that come this way, trusting God. Some of them even step, step up to the, the tithing principle of 10%. The Malachi 3.10 promises says, um, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there might be food in my house. And then he says, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates a blessing into your life. Test me in this because it's so scary to give and we're not sure if, if God will give us, but kingdom-minded people is like, oh yeah, it's my faith. If I'm really gonna trust then somewhere I gotta show that and I'm gonna see it and then they receive it. I, I love this little story about a, a young couple who was trying to start out. They were Christ followers and they were just got married and they had some heavy school debt and they're trying to make you know, the dollar stretch and, and she didn't have a um, job yet, but they had to make a decision. Where were they going to give? How were they going to give it to God? And uh, they understood about the, the tithing principle. And so they made a very courageous spiritual decision and said, you know, we're going to trust God and whatever he gives us, we're going to give him 10% and God's going to help us live on 90%. We're just going to have to do our very best. We're, we're not sure, but... They, they, made, they just made that agreement with God. They're, they're going with that. Well, pretty soon God provided, gave her a job. Now they had both had jobs, and that was pretty good, but it wasn't that much, right? Pretty soon God seemed to favor her, and, and she got a promotion in this job. Well, that came with a, a raise, and pretty soon somebody talked to someone, and this door opened, and she got this job, and more she know it, she, she got her dream job, and it came with a, a good, some good benefits, man. God seemed to help them, and they were doing pretty good. And, and, but still, you know, it's always tight. They had this huge um, college debt on them. Well, one day, he, he privately is telling me this. That he goes home, and he's getting the mail, and there's this envelope, handwritten envelope. And that's kind of strange. He opens up that envelope, and a check for $25,000 falls out. A check for $25,000 with a little note that says, we would like for this to go to your school in debt. We know that you guys are struggling. Apply this to your school debt. And sure enough, it was some, some relative, and they had no idea that that, that was coming. They had, they, it was unplanned. It was a complete shock, right? $25,000. He says, that, that money helped us so much with the debt load and gave us a little bit of margin and gave us a little confidence to try to start a family and maybe one day buy a house. It just came out of heaven. Now, friends, I hear a lot of those stories. People privately tell me these things, and I'm snickering. Because I understand kingdom-minded people. We've experienced this, right? That God understands. God sows into us. He, he brings things into us. I'm kind of like, yeah, you're a giver, aren't you? You understand that God's promises are either true or they're a fairy tale. And he does show up, not always in, in financial gifts, but in fulfillment and love. Kingdom-minded people understand this. Paul continues on, verse 14. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of this passing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift, this incredible 
gift. Man, there's people praying, their hearts going out for you. Why? Because they understand this gift that God has given to them. And, and finally, the third thing that we can learn about kingdom-minded people is that generosity has benefits. Generosity has benefits. What are you talking about, Jim? Uh, benefits, right? It kind of reminds me of the book I saw by a pastor, Robert Morrison, that he described the book called The Blessed Life. The Blessed Life. Anyone of them be blessed, right? And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Well, he talks about this principle of being generosity. God will bless our life over time, little bit of a libel. He will meet our needs. He will take care of us. And next thing you know, you can be a blessing to others. And a lot of times, kingdom-minded people have fans, <laughs> They have people like Paul talks about that are praising God, that are rejoicing because they gave. Do you, do you, are you a fan of anyone that's ever blessed you before? Is there anybody in your family, maybe grandparents, a friend that helped you out financially or just helped you out emotionally? They gave themselves and because of that, you, you highly respect these people. You're just like, man, they're awesome people. They didn't have to do that for us. And before you know it, kingdom-minded people, one of the benefits is they got a lot of, got a lot of fans. Uh, they're highly respected and well thought of in their life. You know, I kind of saw this happening in the last couple of years. There were some kingdom-minded people that came to me privately and said, you know, we want to be a blessing. And we were wondering if there's anybody in the church uh, that we could pool our money uh, for and, and help them financially. And do you know anybody like that? And, and I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I have to think about that. And, uh, you know, I, I had in mind uh, of a, a couple that's kind of trying to do their best to serve God. And uh, things are pretty tight. I said, you know, I would recommend this, this, this couple right here. And so these kingdom-minded people got together privately and said, well, let's, let's use, you give what you can and all this kind of stuff. And they brought this money together, man, and this is kept mounting. And just uh, secretly and privately, they gave this, this pool of pot of money to this young couple. And man, this couple came to me, who are these people? I can't believe this. This is so incredible, so generous. And I was like... It's just kingdom-minded people, man, that wanted to bless you. And what the kingdom-minded people didn't know is that these, this young, next-generation kingdom-minded people, they're doing their best to put God first, but it got really tight. And before you know it, man, they got backed up a little bit. But God' promises are true. And just at the right time, God came through with this pot of money from these people to meet all their needs. And before they knew it, their faith just started growing. God does apply. We can be generous because he knows what we're going through. And these people were, were, were the, the, the giver and the supplier of this couple. And, of course, they, they loved it, right? They're like, yes, this is what we want to do. See, they understood that there's benefits. That Jesus talked about this. It's better, it's more blessed to give than to receive, that that's the benefits of this generosity. Yes, it's a blessing. See, part of that, part of the benefits is the grace of God, this indescribable gift, the joy of this gift. So when you realize how, how far we were from God, how sinful we were from God, but God so loved us, and through his mercy and his grace, it says, you won the lottery, I forgive you. you for the rest of your life and eternity, you're going to have heaven, right? You're like, this is awesome. I don't deserve this, but God so loved and believed in me that we adopted us and justified us as the children of God. So we're like, how can I bless other people? And there's a little bit of, of joy and happiness in our heart when we give. 
Uh, even secular psychiatrists understood that there's a satisfaction when you have a purpose in life. When you get past yourself, instead of it's all about me, how can I help other people? There's this, there's this fulfillment. There's this satisfaction that's bubbling up in you because you're caring. That's the way we were wired by God. Now, kingdom-minded people realize that this is just not automatic. It's just like that money doesn't just fall out of the sky and you're just getting supernatural paychecks from your employer. No, you got to work hard. you got to be disciplined to, to invest it, to save it sometimes, to, to uh, have a budget and, and spend wisely and be frugal before you can have some leftover to give. But, but it's in a fulfillment time. Uh, I think Winston Churchill really caught the emphasis here. A long time ago, he said this, we make a living by what we get, yes, but we make a life by what we give. There's some benefits when we give. God knows, and eternally and privately, even emotionally, we're like, yes, that felt great. And there's people looking our way that says, thank you for giving. It helped greatly. Now, in all honesty, my friends, This best life is not always the easiest life. No doubt about it. And a lot of times when we give a high level, a lot of times there's some sacrifice and there's some pain. You know, once in a while I'll I'll be having a conversation with with a a generous person and and, uh, it goes something like this. Uh, uh, They might trust me with a conversation like this. You know, uh, I got a promotion the other day. Uh, I got some increase. um, And I'll be snickering like, yeah, you're you're, you're a giver, aren't you, God, right? And then they say, yeah, then I I gave a, a percentage of what God's given me. And wow, pastor, that was a lot of money. And ouch. (laughs) <laughs> wow. Um, giving, sometimes the more you get, sometimes it gets even harder to give because the sum gets greater, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in true confession, sometimes uh, Terry and I have, have sometimes um, privately, it's like, man, um, it seems like other people are getting nicer things. And we might privately sometimes say, how do they afford that? You know, they, they only, kind of, I think they only kind of like make this and that, but man, they, they had this and that, and we're looking around, and, and sometimes I'm like, well, we can't afford that. Why, why, why can't we afford this? And my lovely wife will, will sometimes remind me through the years, she says, well, Jim, do you, understand, do you remember what we give? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. And, and when I look at that giving statement and donation statement, I'm like, oh, and then we're like, hey, we could afford that if we didn't give to God this much, right? But you ask us, well, would you, would you trade that? Would you stop giving so you can have these things? Not on your life. Why? Because we understand the benefits of giving to God. God so graciously gave us, and it's a spiritual matter to us that we have dedicated our life, and we want to give, and we have seen miracles and experienced graciousness and goodness, and God has, has seen us through. Has it been tight through the years? Have we, we've had unexpected experiences, or, or do we also still have to grapple with inflation? Absolutely. But the satisfaction and fulfillment and the lives that are being changed, right? We wouldn't trade it. It is the best life because we've seen God have our back and see us through all things in your life. Because see, the, the best life is a generous life. Now, I want to give you a, a little example of a family that were on a journey when they were younger. But through the years, they've realized that the generous life is the best life. And they're a kingdom-minded couple that attends Faithbook right here. Let's check this out. 
Hi, my name is Kim Burnt. Uh, my wife is Michelle Burnt. We've been coming to Faithbrook since 2017, and uh, we have three grown boys, a couple of grandkids. I have retired uh, on Good Friday of last year, so about a year now, and my career was in sales and marketing and sales leadership. My first exposure to giving to church was as a kid, grade school, and my dad would give uh, each of the three of us uh, a dime to put in the collection plate when it went down the row every week. And that just established sort of the expectation and the action of giving. Then as I got older and started a job at 16 where I had my own money, then it was like, okay, I, I can put my own money in. It wasn't a tithe. I don't know how much it was, but it was, you know, it was kind of a continuation of that motion. Once I graduated from college and started working, then it became a lot more of a regular uh, amount and more of a step-up amount as we got older and started having kids and um, just got more exposure to what tithing is from messaging here, from reading there. And it was like, okay, we really need to step up and start tithing because God says in his word that he will bless us when we, when we trust him with our first fruits, which are really his blessings on us. And so we just made the decision, 10% of our income is going, is going right to the church. 25 years ago, we started going to a new church. Our kids were young and we wanted uh, the right environment for them. Uh, we built a church building and then we expanded that building and we expanded that building. And so I was uh, blessed to be on the, the building committee, the building campaign uh, fundraising committee. And I got a chance to really work closely with a guy that I considered a mentor. He started talking about his journey and tithing and he said you know tithing is really where you start and he said you know if you really want to see the Lord's blessing he said consider giving more whether it's 12 percent 15 percent 20 percent you know it's like okay we want to give more but can we uh, you know afford to give more and it's like well I mean everything we have is you know comes from God so it's like if I give this more, am I gonna have enough to pay off the rest? And we just took a step on faith and said, I mean, God says that he will. And so we took the plunge. I would say there was probably a time in our life when we felt like, well, why can't we have what everybody else has? You know, they're driving a new car, why can't we do that? And we, you know, Michelle and I got to the point where we're like, doesn't really matter. We're not trying to keep up with appearances or keep up with other people. You know, our responsibility is to our family. Our responsibility is to is to God. And so, um, I think Pastor Jim mentioned the other day stewardship rather than ownership. And I think we went through that as a part of our journey. That was a step along the way. They discovered that the best life is a generous life, and that's being a good steward and taking a risk and trusting God and giving <clears throat> in a generous way. You know, it really comes down to our faith, right? It really comes down, can, can we trust God? And, and the good news is that everyone is on this journey. 
You might be in different places. You might be just starting out or exploring who Christ is. You might be a, a veteran Christian. Maybe you're a different place with your income and, and your means. But we're all on this journey, and God is asking us <clears throat> to make a move. And God doesn't force anyone. But it's up to, to you to voluntarily say, God, this is what I want to partner with you and to expand the kingdom. And before you know it, you could become one of these kingdom-minded people. This morning, we want to give you an opportunity. In front of you, in your, in your chair, there is, is a card uh, called Your Move. If you wouldn't mind pulling that out and reading this with me, okay? At the beginning, on top of that, it says, Today, through faith in Christ's promises and understanding his financial principles, I or we, make this move a generosity to become and there's four options here. Um, you, you might have said, well, I, I've hardly given to God at all, or churches, I'm skeptical, or I don't know. But after this month of just listening to some of the promises of God, you're like, well, maybe I, I need to let God touch my heart. And periodically, if, if he moves me by the Spirit, I, I want to give an offering to something or to the church or something like that. It, you, you would check that off. Maybe you're like, well, I'm, I'm one of those people. I've, I've given before, just periodically from the heart, but... But God is calling you to be more proactive when you're giving. Um, There's some consistency when it talks about supporting Christ's mission. You know, I I wish we could operate an exciting church for this area on just periodically giving, but we couldn't afford to do that. Uh, God knows that. And people that kind of say, I'm going to give consistently, a lot of times people use our church app, and it's very easy to give, and they will uh, punch the option of consistent giving, and there will just be a draft out of their checking account, right? They don't have to decide and wrestle with it every week and that's that's awesome because in our church here as we we look at uh, what we could do ministry wise and a blessing we 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 need some consistency it gives our staff and our programming confidence right that there's going to be some money uh, maybe next month right and before we know it we're having a greater impact for people around this area and around the world if people proactively give more of a consent maybe that's what god is is calling you to do Maybe you've been a, a proactive giver, right? But, you know, it's just kind of been some leftovers. It's not been your first fruit. It's not been your, your best. And God has kind of convicted you to say, we're going to trust him to be a percentage giver. A, 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 some people are 5% giving of what they get or 10% like the tithe. Some people have commissions and one month is not or higher than the other. But one of the best things about a percentage giver is like, you know, we're just deciding whatever God brings into the pipe, we're going to give 10% away to God's kingdom and, and to his church to lead people into a new and thriving life in Christ. And, and that's a big step to trust God in that. Some people have, have gone there, but they also want to let God know that they will give out of their plenty. Uh, they discipline themselves, God's helped them, and they have had some resources, some pools of money, and sometimes the kingdom of God needs some, some sacrifice, some, some deeper pockets, if you will. Um, chunks of money, maybe it's a, a liquidating debt or a building uh, project or a missions project, and we're willing, God, we, we have some resources over here. We'd be willing to give out of our plenty when you call and when the times happen. This is our commitment to you. We notice Below that, the card says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. See, it's, it's your move. It's, it's, you have the, the control to say yes or no, whatever the option 
is. And then at the bottom, there's a, there's a tear off here. And it says, God, today we make this spiritual and financial decision because I trust that you will supply all my needs and multiply it, multiply my giving for an eternal impact. And we sign it. Why would we want you to sign this? Because what's important in our life, we sign. If we're going to take a loan out, if we're going to sign up for even maybe a, a gym membership or, or some kind of a commitment, they want our, our name. Now, friends, here at Faithbrook, we wanna, we're going to ask you to just kind of uh, make a decision here and tear that off. Th- this is going to be yours. This is a private thing. I, I don't know uh, what people give. I don't want to know what people give. But, but I want to know about people who make spiritual steps. And so we're going to ask you to tear that off with your name and place it in one of our offering boxes on the way out. There's one on that wall and on that wall in the lobby. And with your name, we're going to collect these names. We don't know what people give, but we know, we know that you're making a spiritual decision. And so this Tuesday, our staff meeting, we're going to collect these cards, and we're going to pray over these cards. And I'm going to pray over these cards because I know it, it, it's, a, it's a risk. It takes some courage. It takes some faith. Again, we're not trying to raise money. We're trying to raise our faith. And would you be willing to, to pray about that and think about that? We're going to give you just a couple of seconds to, to may, maybe take a pen out. There's also one in your seat, right? And check off one of these. Sign your name and tear that off. Maybe you need to have a conversation with your spouse or something. We, we're going to trust you to kind of bring that back and let us know. Because God wants to know. We want to know and be able to pray for you. So let's, let's pause, kind of focus in with this card in our hand, reviewing some of these options, just asking God's spirit. Where's your spiritual and financial journey? Which of these is God calling you to do? Would you be willing to to check off one of those? Willing to sign your name to it, telling God, telling yourself, we or I are serious about this. And then just passing that, that bottom part off to the church in our, in our giving boxes. Gracious God, you're not asking anyone for anything that you haven't already done. God, you gave the most expensive gift and that was your life. That all of the people who recognize us would not perish, but have everlasting life in heaven. And now, God, you you call us to pass it forward, this indescribable gift of grace and mercy. And sometimes that takes finances to spread the word, to give people environments and opportunities, especially even the next generation. So help us to be generous, God. Help us to trust you. Realize, God, that you will see us through. You'll supply all of our needs, and you can do amazingly more of what we could ever imagine according to that that spirit that's living within us. Help us now, we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I want to invite you back for next month's um, uh, series, 21st Century Parenting. Maybe you have a, a neighbor or a family member you can invite for next month. But in the meantime, please fill that out or uh, greet someone on your way out. You're dismissed. God bless. Have a great day.